and really, this is not even a judgment of the site itself, it's a judgment of the SEO, SEO efforts being done on that site or that specific page. Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Hello, bad people. Welcome to our show. Hello, anyone who want to learn more about local SEO. Welcome. Today we are going to discuss how you can get results, how you can achieve high positions because it's hard. It's really hard today. Many years ago, that was not. But today, all companies are online. Everyone wants to get this traffic, especially organic reach. And I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Amanda Jordan. How are you? How are you? We chatted a little bit. We record this episode on Friday. Special feeling. And uh, I check a few studies. It's better to ask your boss or customers to pay on Friday or increase <laughs> the salary, you know, because uh, you can you can increase the chance of getting success with that. And I sometimes don't ask my customers about new payment before Friday <laughs> because I know on Friday I can <laughs> increase the chance of getting this money or even to get uh, or double marketing budget. Amanda, before we start, just tell more about yourself, experience, background and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you. Yeah, sure. So I've been a local SEO since 2011. Um, I've worked with everyone from like doctors, uh, plumbers, uh, heating and air conditioning companies to franchise and multi-location businesses and military recruitment facilities. So it's ranged from the, the smallest to the largest. I have a lot of experience in very competitive markets like home senior care, uh, the legal markets, legal market and financial markets as well. So it's been a, a fun and exciting ride. I've done every type of local SEO. So like black hat too. Like I know what it's like to have an entire Gmail account suspended by Google for Google business profiles with spam at them. Yeah. So, <laughs> so have ran the entire gamut of like, what can you do? Kind of what can you, what can you learn from local SEO? What works, what doesn't work? whether it's something that's white hat, black hat, gray hat. Um, so yeah, excited to to talk about local SEO today. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. Love it. Yeah. I need to confess as well. Uh, when I started my digital journey, I didn't know other methods like only black hat SEO and that way, well, we got high results. Mm -hmm. uh, and my loving method was to buy more backlinks that my competitors had. And Google rank well, but in 2012, everything changed in April. I remember this month and uh, <laughs> this was first penguin filter uh, from Google. And yeah, uh, that was a tuning point to learn more about white hat SEO. And today uh, I avoid black hat techniques because it's hard to get results with them. And yeah. uh, Amanda, you know, I want to ask from, you know, uh, I had two questions. The first yeah. question was about your positive mindset because I see you are smiling, you know, you, you have this <laughs> positive feeling uh, and I know if you have no fun on your job, you are not productive, but um, uh, uh, I'll ask this question as well. But I want to ask more about your website. When I open uh, Ricky Tiru, 
you know, I felt uh, Elon Musk created this website, you know, uh, and uh, uh, of course I want to know the designer who created <laughs> this website, but uh, can you tell about creativity who created yeah. this website and why you decided to use this format because I, I recommend to anyone to open this website just uh, for curiosity you know to uh, analyze that it's possible to create something different to stand out from the rest so any tips about creating such creative websites yeah I have to give all credit to the agency owner Blake Binman uh, but he is a uh very creative and uh, cerebral and different in his mindset of thinking about things. Uh, Rickety Roo, like the name itself, it gets like, if I speak at a conference, people remember us because our name is Rickety Roo and other agencies don't have names like that. Uh, and uh, we consider SEO being all about exploration. So there has been multiple iterations of our site. Uh, this is what we're with right now. And I really like it. But like, there's been like a deep sea diver route before, so it's been like it's always been about exploring things that we don't know a lot about, finding out more information, and that's how we view SEO too. So that's kind of where the website is leaning. Um, it is very fun. I actually have like a our mascot is a little uh, kangaroo. I have a like plushie somewhere, but I don't know where it is right now. If I knew where it was, I would show it. But it is fun. Um, one of the things that, that we talk about is like, we're not curing cancer by doing SEO, right? Um, it's, we're not changed, like, sure, we have the ability to impact and help a lot of businesses, but it's not something that we should allow to uh, take over, um, our, it stresses out, take over our health and well-being. So we're very about, very much about having a balanced approach to uh, our business, uh, our, uh, and that's part of our company culture just in general. Uh, to be explorative, to be curious. We're all pretty autonomous. We have the ability to kind of set what we want to do. Um, we're, everyone's very interested in each other's career goals. So it's not just like, I want to do this part of SEO. We have people who want to do like experimentation. Uh, they want to do a lot of A-B testing. That's what they want their role to be. So we're putting them in a position where they can do that. So right. yeah, leaning in towards uh, kind of what Polly made a lot of us SEOs to begin with, curiosity and allowing that to be what leads us and it's experimentation versus like we need to get this done um, and being very strict and regiment, regimented in our thinking. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. I think all marketers need to have this feeling, curiosity uh, to experiment. Without that, I don't know how to get results because yeah. you, you can create just a new piece of a new website that many others are the same so yeah it's better to be curious to find uh, another angle and amanda uh, tell about your resource of energy uh, <laughs> yeah it's interesting i know it's very important for me you know because 70 percent of people hate their jobs it's a pity it's uh, terrible and i think if you don't enjoy the process it's better to some to find something else to yeah. leave it you will never regret so tell how you are so energetic you know in your job uh it's because i genuinely like doing it i'm genuinely curious i'm like generally uh interested in learning and self-development and exploration of new ideas and places like i began speaking in seo because i wanted to travel and if I could get a way to have SEO paper my travel, that would be even better. Uh, I have severe social anxiety. I hate public speaking, but I speak at conferences. I spoke at Brighton SEO earlier this year. 
first time in the UK altogether, traveled by myself, uh, spoken at a conference in front of a bunch of other people, only my third time speaking in person. And uh, it's because I actually have like, there's intrinsic value to me in being able to get results and sharing knowledge. So it's not just about the money or being able to say, haha, I beat that other guy, that competitor. It's just about like, I value, I value the, it, it, it aligns with my personal values. Um, a lot of what I do for work. I think that's really important. And uh, I do think a lot about how to determine your personal values. So if you're like, I don't even know what my personal values are. Um, a good way to think about it is if money wasn't a factor, what would you do? To, what would, how would you spend your time? And then that will help you learn what your personal values are. And then you try to find a place to work where the, your personal values are part of the company culture as well. So if you're hating your job, those are, I think those are the first steps yeah. um, to finding out like what you truly care about in a workplace and then finding a place that aligns with your values. Yeah, uh, you remind me. An interesting book from a book offer, a well-known book offer, and um, she shared a story when she got email from another book offer, and uh, he asked for advice because he couldn't sell his books for a long time, uh-huh. uh, and he suffered a lot because people don't care about his books, and she replied to him, "Leave it, forget about this. If you suffer, it's not your." job uh, you need to enjoy the process it doesn't matter even if you have no results you don't need to suffer because for example i can play basketball nobody pays for my hobby you know but i enjoy the process you know <laughs> so yeah. and uh, I, i remember when i started one project because of chasing money uh, i hated monday at this time we had a big team Uh, I managed the process for three years. I wasted resources three years. I hated uh, all Mondays, all these <laughs> three years. And I quit. I gave up and, uh, and told myself, I will never, never, never take any project because of money. It's, yeah. it's important to enjoy the process. And yeah, I completely agree with you. Amanda, tell about uh, difference between local SEO and common SEO. Because I still see when the master's misunderstand so yeah it's a big difference so yeah let us know about that <laughs> that's one of a really interesting topic uh partially just because a lot of the times we see clients who come to us and we can tell that someone who knows general seo has worked on the site but we can tell they did not have a lot of experience specifically in local seo just based on what they prioritize and how they prioritized it Uh, really the way I think about local SEO is it's everything you do in general SEO. It's everything you do in technical SEO. It's everything you do for content, but it's with also having to care about Google business profiles, uh, your reputation. So reviews and things like that as well, because they are actually ranking factors now. Uh, and then also on top of that, considering your location as, as a ranking factor and as a modifier for your keywords. So like if you're so focusing on a keyword and you're being too generic, you're not going to rank locally if you're not mentioning your location in that content at all. In fact, if you don't have your location mentioned anywhere and you're just saying car accident lawyer, you don't have a Google business profile, you don't have your, your city state address mentioned on your website, Google will assume you're trying to rank nationally because you have not provided them with any indicators of a, a local or a geographic area that you're trying to focus on. 
So uh, the, the really good difference is uh, there are elements of SEO that only come into play for local, like the Google business profile or the uh, Google My Business, as it used to be called. Um, and that's where you have the Google map listings where you can see businesses near you. Um, there are different ranking factors for that than there are for typical organic results. There's additional ranking factors. I think that's what it should be, be called because your organic does impact your ability to rank in Google Maps too. Um, and then just for general local SEO, you do have to consider your location and the growth goals of the company. Because if you have a client who's like, I'm in these two cities right now, but I want to expand to 10 more cities. The process for that is different than if a website, if a client is like, I have this website and I want to focus on this topic too. Um, there is additional planning and additional thinking about your information architecture. How do you get people to find those location pages? Uh, what type of content are those pages? Um, I've done things like helping businesses expand into new markets by using local SEO data. So there's so many things that you can do that is outside of the purview of general SEO. Um, with local SEO, which kind of gives you a different perspective of ranking factors in general and overall, and also helps you uh, um, kind of broaden your, your horizons when you think about what's possible with SEO. Um, one of the things I really like about working with local SEO is that you do get to work more with like local businesses where you know the name or, or you've been to that uh, one of their branches before or their locations before or you know that you're impacting the ability for like a small business owner who's serving a local community to be able to continue to run their business. And that's just a really cool factor that it's the results are more tangible because you can see it come in in so many different ways. Uh, and then we're also very conversion focused in local SEO. So it's not just kind of like, let's, if you're a blog or an um, um, editorial site, traffic is it, right? You just want as much traffic to see that as many ads as possible so you can get as much revenue as possible. But for local SEO, traffic in itself has almost zero value. Like it has to be the right type of traffic yeah. for people who are looking to hire someone for a specific type of job. So we're, I think, maybe a little bit more targeted in our efforts as well um, and can be very targeted based on the market, based on the type of customers in that area and based on what the industry or services and the value or revenue tied to uh, profit margins and stuff tied to different types of services too. So um, a lot of interesting things at play uh, with local SEO that I don't think uh, is generally looked at for general SEO. Nice. Yeah, 100%. I, I couldn't agree more because uh, it's not only about local SEO, by the way. I think uh, you need to think about the right traffic. That's why I usually check the metrics traffic value, then yeah. get more traffic. <laughs> and if you, and uh, I remember one webmaster lost 400,000 traffic uh, because Google dropped his ranking positions, but he didn't lose any sales. So mm -hmm. he, he got a lot of traffic. It's hard to get 400,000 traffic. He, yeah. uh, a lot of resources. Yeah. But this traffic didn't monetize, didn't bring any sales. So, and, you know, Amanda, I opened your LinkedIn profile. Uh, and uh, what I found in the first, uh, what, what I see, digital strategy, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's very important uh, uh, to know about how to create this digital strategy yeah. uh, and uh, you mentioned about uh, getting the right traffic uh, can you tell how to create the right uh, I mean like 
digital strategy considering that we have limited resources because even big companies usually have like one two copywriters on their yeah. team and it's hard to create uh, a lot of content at scale and uh, i spoke with even big companies 100 million companies and yeah. uh, uh, it's better to prioritize and create mm-hmm. the right content. So can you tell how to do it and how to find the right keywords? Yeah. So I like to, uh, one of the things we always ask clients are like, what are the specific services that they want to see the most growth in? And we like to pair our data, not just with like keywords we know are important for local SEO and looking at search volume, but looking at a Google ads data too, to see what people are actually bidding on because if you're spending money on it and you're paying per click uh it's because you know that there are more likely to be conversions or something tied to that that is going to give you a return on your investment so we look heavily at keywords that we know are more likely to uh result in conversion so if someone is looking for emergency plumber near me we know that they're looking for a local business and we know that they are having a situation where they they are not looking to shop around and make a decision in the next mm-hmm. 20 days. They need someone immediately. So that's like one of the things that we would focus on no matter what the search volume is. Like search volume would not even be a factor in this. If we know that there's some people searching for it in this area, uh, we want to focus on that keyword because we need to show up extremely well for this because we know if we get a call for this, we are more likely to get the job. Like, and more than likely, they're not going to keep calling around and, and trying to find the most uh, the most price effective plumber if they have a pipe burst and it's flooding their house. They want someone who's just going to be the person who yeah. gets there the soonest. Um, so that's yeah, those are things like that. Um, I think it, it requires a lot of more thinking about uh, uh, not just like what has the most search volume, but what has the most potential for being commercial intent, a clear commercial intent in a clear relationship with someone who is trying to hire someone locally. Uh, I think SEMrush's um, in, uh, keyword intent uh, section of their keyword tool is a good way to, if you're not sure where to start off, it's a good place to look. Um, what I typically do is, uh, because I've, I'm so used to thinking about intent with my keywords already, it's not, but if, if I were new to that idea of what you're thinking, uh, I would, uh, look at your top competitors, put them, do a keyword gap, see where you're missing for commercial intent keywords or you're further behind them. And then uh, focus on those specifically because those are likely where the money is going to be coming from and your competitors are ahead of you. Uh, With strategy, it really is prioritization based on impact and how quickly it's going to get results. Um, And unfortunate for new SEOs, like it's hard to know that without doing the work and seeing the results and doing some testing and verifying of your own. Um, someone can someone can say, yeah, this would have the most impact. But um, when you're working on strategy, a lot of times your clients will, will ask you very specific questions. And without that prior experience, it's harder to answer those questions for sure and feel confident about your answer. So like if you're like someone who wants to get into SEO strategy, but that's not a big part of what you do now, um, I recommend to test and verify as many, as much as you can, anything you implement, even if it's not something that your current agency or employer like does right now, maybe, maybe they're like, Oh yeah, we implemented this stuff. We need to implement. We're done with what we need to do. Um, but for yourself, for your own experience, uh, for your own knowledge, make sure that you review things that are implemented, 
see what the results are and then uh, compare to the previous data that you have so you can see if this made an actual impact or not. Um, because a lot of times we still do a lot of testing. Like we have worked with lots of clients in the same industries, but we're still testing new things because Google's always changing. Yeah. Uh, things that were not uh, uh, ranking factors for Google business profiles or Google My Business before are now ranking factors. It can change it. And Google didn't even announce it. So, so like there's things that can just change. And unless you're testing, you're not aware of that change. Um, there's some things that can change kind of like your... Uh, uh, your your case that you just mentioned, like there are situations where I've seen clients drop in traffic, but they have twice as many leads as they did last time. It's like, well, that traffic didn't really have that value or yeah. something that improves rankings, but you have fewer leads, even though you're ranking better than you were before or something that you thought was uh, other SEOs thought was not a priority item and you implement and you find that this is something that increases leads significantly for your client. Because um, really, at the end of the day, our, as a local SEO, our goal is to bring in more organic leads. So whatever brings in more organic leads that are valuable leads, quality leads, that's what you need to do. And um, so it's always about testing and verifying and then um, leaning on that past experience to give recommendations to, to other clients as well, but also being willing to test and verify even more things. Like I, it's it's being like a scientist. You're being you're an investigator when you're an SEO. It's your job to investigate, test theories, figure out what's going on, and then report back on it. And it's kind of really what I feel is the the gist of my job um, as a strategist. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think. It's part of the job of marketers to test, experiment, because we don't know how it works. Uh, even in Google, uh, I read a few articles that uh, specialists on Google don't know how algorithms can rank websites. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thousand factors, you know. Uh, it's not like many years ago, links, content, and rank brain. Today, it's... Uh, complex mechanism and we need to test experiment and today I, I like more marketing methods than even SEO because uh, marketers before digital they you know they didn't try to cheat the system uh, at that time people tried to satisfy human being mm -hmm. and today if you can uh, satisfy human being better than your competitors then you can win, you know, and yeah. then you can get results. Uh, and we don't know how it works. Yeah, we can suggest, we can analyze, but think more about human being today. And Amanda, you know, uh, I see on your LinkedIn profile that you spoke on MOS, SMX, yo, great conference. <laughs> yeah, Brighton SEO. Guys, if you don't follow Amanda on LinkedIn, it's a big mistake. You need to follow. You need to keep learning because it's important to get more. And I want to ask about uh, creating content. Okay. We have a list of keywords. Uh, we know priorities. But, uh, for example, um, when I check some keywords, I understand that we need to compete with many other big brands. Uh, for example, real estate. Let's imagine Zillow. You know, it's mm -hmm. hard. It's hard to overcome them. It's not only Zillow in the top 10 results, many other big brands. It's hard, hard to get results. Can you tell how to choose priorities? For example, we have 
the level of competition uh, on SEMrush, on IHRFs, on MOAS, mm-hmm. we, we can analyze. And uh, sometimes uh, I skip some topics. Uh, yeah. I can tell it's better not to do it because yeah. it's not uh, impossible. It's like, for example, if I take the keyword SEO, I need to compete with Google itself, with MOAS. Yeah. You know, all these websites deserve their positions because of authority, because of many links, because of great content, they deserve. And uh, users want to see this website in the top 10. So yeah. I, I'm not trying to get this keyword. So yeah. can you tell when, how to analyze? It's possible or uh, almost impossible? Because anything is possible, but almost impossible. Let's yeah. like this. Yeah, and then what is possible and or impossible depends on the website you're working on too. So that is like mm-hmm. a factor in itself. Uh, because there are places where you can outrank sites like Yelp and Zillow, but they're just not, there are very few of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not like something that you can see or do every day with everything you want. So what I typically do is I don't lean on the competition metrics and any of the tools. I actually go to the search results page and I'll look and see what Google's rewarding for mm-hmm. that content specifically. So if I can see... Uh, and really, this is not even a judgment of the site itself. It's judgment of the SEO, SEO efforts being done on that site or that specific page. So what I'll do is I'll do a search. I'll see who shows up. Um, I'll click through to their website. I will look at the content myself and determine if this is this better quality content than what we can create. Are they offering something that we're not able to catch up with? I'll look at their things, things like their internal links. I'll crawl their site and then so I can get all of the linking information to find out where they're linking internally to that page, where that page is getting strength from. Like, are there a lot of backlinks going to that page? Is it like impossible to catch up with? And that's part of the reason why sites like Zillow perform so well is that they get a ton of backlinks and it's so much harder for a smaller website to catch up with that um, because prominence is a ranking factor for local. So uh, how well known your company or brand is. Um, and we're not going to be more well-known than Zillow, no matter how hard we try. Uh, but um, that is one of the things that you have to look at. So if you can see Zillow or someone like that being beat by a smaller local competitor, that's a sign that they're not like, it's probably not a priority for Zillow or they're too big to focus in that area. Um, those are the opportunities that I look for. It's like either... I have only local competitors and I can tell that they're not really focusing on SEO that much. And they, and I can probably get ahead in this section and they won't even notice it for maybe some months. And then I can keep building on it and have a, have a, uh, at least create some type of gap so that they have more, it's going to take them some time to catch up with me. Or I will look for places where big sites like Zillow or Yelp are being, uh, outranked by small or small for smaller by smaller local businesses because that does happen um and that is typically a sign that this is not an area where they're paying a ton of attention to their seo strategy uh, one of the downsides of being a big site like zillow is that uh a lot of you you're focusing you're using a lot of templating and program programmatic seo so you can't change your pages on the fly to meet whatever change of, in, change of intent or how Google is viewing a keyword. So you're kind of stuck where you are while these smaller sites are more nimble and can make changes to go after a topic or keyword so much harder than you can um, at any point in time. It, yes, it does require some resources, but smaller sites are able are more nimble 
than these bigger sites so they can switch priorities a lot faster and get things done a lot faster. Um, and I say that as someone who has worked on the enterprise side of local SEO, it can take months if you're lucky months to get something implemented yeah. <laughs> uh, because there are so many people that it has to go through in the marketing department, in legal, in the content department, in the art department before it gets implemented that uh, a smaller site has some time to actually build up their authority and trustworthiness with Google for certain topics and keywords before these bigger players can even really try to catch up. So I would be looking for those opportunities and I'd find those opportunities by looking at, okay, I already decided to look at my commercial intent conversion keywords. I know these keywords are the ones that are more likely to convert. Where, where is Zillow or these larger sites, where they're being outranked by smaller, more local competitors? And on top of that, um, where they're really not ranking at all, but it's a, it may not, and these may not be always uh, high search volume keywords. You may have, like there may be a, a keyword that you know Zillow and then five other directory type sites are ranking super well, but it's a high search volume keyword. I would not consider that something to go after. That is not something where you're going to be able to win. Where you're going to be able to win is where you've seen a path where smaller sites have won before. That is your best chance of making a difference quickly. Um, that could always be your end goal. That can always be a goal at some point, but focus on what Google is rewarding for smaller websites now instead of what might happen in the future, because there's no guarantee that you're going to be able to weasel yourself in into these, into these like highly competitive keywords with a ton of search volume. Uh, so it's kind of like a, a mixture of looking at a uh, keyword intent, looking at search volume and looking at your very local competition. Um, when I say local competition, I mean not someone who can only rank organically like Zillow, but who can also rank in local maps. Because if they have both of those spots, they pay for LSA and they have Google ads, they have at least four or five different areas where they can rank on the first page. And Zillow does not have that. Yelp does not have that. But your local competitors do. That's another interesting part about SEO is that you have different competitors in different parts of search results than having the same competitor show, trying to show up for the same blue links. Yeah, nice, valuable, valuable. Let's talk about uh, topical authority. I mean, like, for example, um, I remember Neil Patel said to my podcast, and by the way, he shares all, uh, many times, uh, that you can't get results with all uh, content that you create. So some content uh, don't bring any results. That's okay, you know, and... Uh -huh. uh, uh, but we need to have this topical authority. I mean, like, if content can help, users of your website, we don't need to think only about Google. So mm -hmm. you, we use different marketing channels. We have direct traffic. Can you yep. tell uh, how it's important to create content that you know it's hard to get results because of Zillow, because of Yelp, mm -hmm. but it can help to push forward another content that can bring results. Any tips about that? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, one of the things that we look at is the customer or buyer's journey. That's what we call it. And there's a lot of things there where they're, they're not like high search volume keywords, but they're topically relevant. And they're questions that you should be answering for your customer base anyway. It's not really always about like those conversion keywords. They're not going to do enough on their own. They need support from other content on the website. And one of the ways you do that, um, one of the things we like to do is use people also ask opportunities. So we look up the people also ask questions related to the keyword that we want to rank for. And we consider those are those topically 
uh, related uh, uh, options for us to write about. Because then we do have the, even if it's a low search volume, we do have the opportunity to potentially win the featured snippet since we are focusing on people also ask opportunities that are also featured snippets. Um, and then with generative uh, AI search coming up as a thing, that does rely on more localized content for long tail keywords too. So even if the case is that, well, I'm not going to be able to rank nationally for this, that's okay. There are opportunities for you to show up now for local that didn't exist last year. So it's not like just like, okay, um, I need to rank for this nationally because I know that that has a lot of search volume. I know I'm going to be competing with all these other websites. If you can put a local spin on it, that could be to your advantage. Uh, and then, of course, any topically re related content that you create, you need to build an internal linking structure around that content to support each other and to support whatever key landing page you really need to rank for those conversion keywords. Uh, so that means like linking to each other when it's logical um, and then linking back to that internal, that key page that is the one that you really want to support and have ranked. Uh, one thing I want to discourage people from, because it is something that people used to do a lot, is adding a ton of page keyword content to their landing page and thinking that's all they need to do. Um, that's really not the case anymore. Um, I highly recommend thinking about the user experience on that page more so than having a ton of content on pages. Um, even from uh, the perspective of like looking at my own behavior now when I search for local businesses, it's changed. I'm not just looking for who shows up first and just clicking on it. I want the easiest experience to go from searching and finding your business to making an appointment. So anything that you have that's in the way of making that process seamless, that's an issue for your SEO too, because your customer is going to come to you, your client is going to come to you and say, well, we got this traffic, but we didn't get more leads. And it may be a problem with their conversion rate optimization that's causing it. But you need to know that because that's still impacting what what your goal is. Um, we do like so conversion rate optimization is definitely something we're spending more time looking at. If you're looking at tools to improve your ability to kind of get an idea of how users are using the website and where there may be gaps, um, Microsoft Clarity is great because it doesn't slow down your site. So you can get recordings of the behavior. It'll show you like when there's a JavaScript error that makes a page harder to use for users and things like that. So it's a very useful tool. We've started um, implementing it in a lot of client websites where we start or where, where we're seeing gaps and uh, leads coming in, even when traffic is up significantly. Um, if you're not sure if you have a conversion issue, one of the best ways to check is if your branded traffic is up but your conversions are not up, that is a good sign yeah. <laughs> that there's an issue because if someone is looking for you by name, they are already deciding that they're likely going to do business with you. So if they're looking for you by name, going through to your website and you have a 60% increase in branded traffic, but a 20% decrease in leads or in conversions, there is likely some type of conversion rate optimization that needs to be done on that website. And we've also seen clients have significant improvements just by implementing conversion rate optimization, implementing tech SEO fixes that aren't related to rankings, but are more related to having a better user experience like site speed. Um, like some site speed metrics, I know there's a there's some controversy about uh, site speed metrics. Some people think like, oh, it doesn't affect your rankings that much unless it's a really like really close call, but it does impact it for your client and your and the people who are going to the page and deciding if this page is taking too long to load or not. 
uh, before, or if this, or if you have like cumulative layout shift and there's something that's causing the page to drop down so they can't even click on the element that they're trying to get to. Like all those things are impacting your SEO in ways and are impacting your goals and your uh, client relationship in ways that are still tangible and very easy to see for the client. So it's still important to look at those things as well. Nice. Valuable. You know, Amanda, you lead me to an emergency room. I need to spend time to consume all these valuable bombs. And I understand why you spoke on uh, MOS, SMX, and yeah, Brighton SEO. Yeah, valuable, so valuable. Uh, I want to ask about uh, content creation. Uh, today we have AI, and uh -huh. I, co I cooperate with great offers who can post content on Forbes, Investopedia, many great websites, and all of them, without any exception, use AI, all of them. Uh -huh. uh, and uh, I love this tool as well. If I go to ChatGPT, I can type like plumber in Miami. I can get results for a few seconds. Yeah. But thousand other plumbers can do it as well. You know, yeah. Yeah. To type the same prompt. Can you tell how to use AI smart? I mean, like Ooh. how to create content that will stand out from the rest and Google can consider like high quality content. Yeah. So we've been talking about this a little bit internally and I have a lot of thoughts about it. I think the issue with most people for using AI for content is that their prompts are too general and basic and too easy for anyone else to put in the same information and likely get the same outcome from the tool. I think it's very important for you to teach the AI tools as much as you can in your prompts before going through to the point where you're asking for it to produce content. So not just putting in plumbers in Miami, giving them information about the business, telling them this, telling it the specific goals you have for that page, giving them examples of competitor pages that are ranking well in that specific local market for it to learn from and determine it like it's a, and understand what Google's rewarding across a lot of keywords in that market. And then you ask it to write the content and then you're likely to get a more unique piece of content that you know that an AI tool built based on what your competitors are doing and knowing what the competitors are doing, they're actually likely helping them win. So it's, and then also already baking in any personalized information about your business because you've given it the about page or whatever pages you needed to, to give it more information and context for what you're looking for. Uh, I've started using AI for a lot of different things and I've learned so much about how important prompting is to get the best possible results from it. And it really is about being specific um, and providing as much context as possible for what you want. I started using it to like write Python scripts to simplify and make uh, some SEO tasks easier. So like it, the, the capabilities of it, I used it recently to balance my budget. Like the capabilities of it are it's significant, but it requires you to pay close attention to what are you feeding it to get the answers because whatever you feed it is what you're going to get out. And if you're feeding it a little information and garbage, you're going to get little yeah. information and garbage out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you un unhided my secrets, you know, uh, because I usually feed AI with uh, my data. I don't rely to uh, data that AI uh, has, uh, mm -hmm. for example. And for example, we um, usually add press releases on ChatGPT. And after this editing, we got mentions on CNN, 
on uh, Forbes, Business oh, wow. Insider. And we, uh, you know, I'm a terrible writer. Uh, I can't write great text. And I don't know when uh, some writers can tell, I, I can't write great text. I, I can, if you fit with the right data. Yeah. <laughs> and ask about uh, your uh, readers. I usually, uh, you know, my, my prompt is simple. Please edit this content for Forbes. <laughs> you know, very yeah. simple. I don't know how ChatGPT can uh, know uh, the style of Forbes, but I get great results. And yeah, uh, yeah we got mentions. Um, if you are a terrible writer, go to ChatGPT. <laughs> you can write a bad copy with many grammar mistakes. Forget about them. Just mm-hmm. ask, please edit. And that's it. You know, very simple. Uh, but consider your uh, readers. For example, you can write demographic data, hobbies, interests, yeah. and this tool can provide this job. Yeah. yeah. Amanda, I want to ask about link building. You touch a little bit about links uh, and in local SEO, of course, we need to do citations. We have many great tools about that. I want to ask, do we need to bring more citations? I mean, like, for example, if I use Moz or uh, WhiteSpark, many great tools, do we need to spend more time to find new citations that these tools can't find uh, or it's enough to have these citations and uh, pay attention to uh, other local link building and yeah any tips uh, what kind of links to get <laughs> yeah um that's this is actually what i talked about at MozCon, um mm. and it it really does depend on where your competitors are doing uh, because really for maps, like, because you don't have to worry about sites like Zillow on Google Maps because they can't, they don't have the listings. Uh, it makes it easier because you're typically looking at smaller, more local competitors. Um, so catching up with them or getting ahead of them is not as difficult, typically, unless like you're looking at a franchise or something like that. Then, of course, they have more, uh, a bigger budget for SEO. So they have more time to spend on these things. They likely have always use someone for SEO because they know how important it is for their business model um, versus being a smaller business where you grew and then you realize you need to to have SEO. So you may not have been doing those things all along. Um, So I would say uh, I would have your basic citations, the ones that you know are going to be important and one show up in search results. So if you know, if you search for plumbers near me and Yelp is there, you should be on Yelp. Uh, If you, yeah, so those types of things. Uh, and then I would look for any uh, specific local organizations and stuff like that too, or sites that are specific to your industry or your location. So uh, anything like that would be where I would start for as far as citations and the basic ones, like just making sure you ran through the ones that you know your competitors are definitely going to be on. Um, beyond that, uh, at that point, I think it's close better to look more closely at what your competitors are doing for link building. Uh, use a tool like local falcon or bright local to understand who's always showing up in the in the local pack and not just like um proximity is a ranking factor for google maps so how close you are to the person who's searching is important so if you're always searching for information or like uh for keywords at your business location you're going to show up but are you showing up 10 miles away that's the question you don't know the answer to and if you're not who is and who's doing that um, doing across the entire radius. So like, so who's like not just showing up 10 miles away in that specific area, but that point, that point, that point, that point too, uh, because those are the people who are really winning because 
when people are searching from all those different areas, they're the ones that are showing up. So understanding who your true competitors are in local using tools like that, and then putting those competitors uh, like using a tool like Moz or Ahrefs or SEMrush to get all the backlinks those competitors have and to understand where they're getting those links from. Are they quality links? And by quality links, I mean like uh, we focus on looking at topical local and citations. So like, are they one of those three? Um, if they are, then, and, and they have more than we do and better quality ones than we do, then we need to be working on those types of links. That's kind of how we approach it uh, because we find that uh, uh, link building is important for organic and maps, but it seems like for local, there seems to be a more of a focus on uh, having more true localized link, like having a link from a news local news station is insanely great for you versus for uh, a national company generally nationally, that may not be that big of a deal, but if you're a local site, then having a local news station, news station link to you is significantly more valuable than having a national site that isn't specific to you at all. And it's just talking about plumbing link to you. So um, that localization is really important. Um, I just wouldn't, uh, citations are so easy that anyone can get them. And that's why a lot of these services have pared down to saying like, these are the ones that everyone needs. Uh, because anyone can go and hire a company to build, build them citations now. So it's not necessarily a highly valuable ranking factor, but it's definitely one of those things where you want to make sure that you're covering your bases and then start looking more closely at competitor-specific links based on who's performing the best to determine what you should do next. Nice, nice. Awesome, awesome. Love it, love it. Amanda, I have the question about your experience. Uh, what I found, I usually get high results with clients who understand SEO. If mm -hmm. they understand, we can cooperate together. We know why we need to create high-quality content, why it's important to think more about traffic value than getting more traffic many things uh, and if i see uh, that clients don't understand i tell them take my course learn from lily ray jeff coil mike phillips go to google go to youtube find your loving format just learn get mm -hmm. the basic uh, if you know the basic we know why we need how to go ahead together and let's imagine it's your first day in seo forget about moss smx about right and SEO, you uh, know that Google exists, <laughs> but nothing else. <laughs> so yeah, you can type some keywords, but you don't know how it works. And you need to get this basic. What will you do today if you started from scratch? What would I do? I honestly probably would just go straight to YouTube and find someone who has content about SEO that I can like work along with. Um, I would definitely have a practice site where I implement things on, maybe try to find an industry where there it's not highly competitive. Like I have a website that I do, I have some websites that I just use for playing around and testing things on, doing some AI content, programmatic SEO, just to see what type of results I get. Um, and I found just some industries where there weren't, there wasn't a lot of competition. So like one of my websites is about ginger beer. Like that is not like some hot topic that's going to get me a lot of ad revenue or anything like that. But I can test a lot of things on that site and determine if there's any value in the things that I've tested. Um, one of our one of our account managers, she actually started with her own blog about her college experience 
And that is how she learned SEO. Um, so it is definitely something that can be self-taught. I did not go to college for SEO. I went for graphic design and I've never done a day of graphic design work since, <laughs> since I left college. So it's not about like what you learned at school. It's something you can definitely learn yourself. Um, I think what's great is that there are a lot of online SEO communities to join too. If you have questions or you get stuck on something or you're not sure on how to do something. Um, that you can lean on to, but there are, there are so many resources online. Um, I think I probably learned the best by doing. So I would definitely probably lean on like YouTube, watch a video um, on what I specifically am looking to solve or try to do um, and then implement on my own and then kind of see where it goes from there. Um, and I know there's like subreddits and all kinds of stuff too. So if you have a lot of very specific thing, there may have been someone who's asked about that on one of those already. Um, but yeah, uh, that's where I would start. I think that's easy. I mean, that's what I start with other things. Like I've been learning how to play bass guitar and I've been learning how to sew. <laughs> it's, it's been YouTube and trial and error. Those are the things I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Love it. Awesome. Yeah. I agree. I love it. You mentioned many times. Uh, about testing, about experiment. I think it's part of the process. You can fail a lot. Personally, I fail a lot of times. I keep failing, you know, mm -hmm. but I can find the way where to go. And uh, I like this example about guitar. You know, if you don't play guitar, you can read a bunch of articles how to play guitar, a bunch of books, but you need to play. You know, mm -hmm. the best experts are uh, practitioners. Mm -hmm. They do the stuff they uh -huh. play with that you can learn but it's only the way how to open the door then you can test experiment you can fail that's okay you know it's part of the process yeah, yeah love it awesome awesome and amanda i have my final question about the future i want to ask you take your crystal ball and let us know what kind of future will be because we have ai today augmented reality will come i don't know future is is unpredictable but anyway we need to adapt to this possible future any tips what kind of future will be in your vision <laughs> yeah um i think yeah like you said adapting being adaptable uh not being stuck in a mindset of what works is going to be the thing that serves you well curiosity is going to be the thing that serves you well um i can definitely see how we shop for retail online changing very quickly in the next year or two um because of ai and augmented reality and things like that it's going to be much easier to see what something looks like in your actual house versus <laughs> versus what it's like now at scale like more realistically um i think the way we work in general is about to change i think a lot of things that are uh, uh tedious to do are going to be <laughs> going to be things that we can find ways to get rid of or there's going to be someone who makes a tool for us to get rid of it if we don't find it on our own. Um, I think that's where like things are going to be headed in general for SEO. Um, I think really it comes back to what you say is focusing on the consumer. Uh, I feel like in SEO, we are too focused on the search engine. I know, I know search engine is part of the name of what we do, search engine optimization. But Google's trying to optimize for the user. So we should yeah. be trying to optimize for the user because then we have the same goal as Google and it makes things significantly easier instead of trying to track what they're doing next. And uh, when you're optimizing for the user and not Google, you're not caught off guard by things like TikTok being a big way for people to search for some things now because you're aware of that because you're tracking what 
your demographics are doing, not what Google's doing and whether Google has noticed it yet. So I think that's like, that's a really, and that's where a lot of this stuff, these changes are coming from is, uh, oh, oh, people are actually using ChatGPT. Oh, we need to do something now. Like we knew, like we all knew about it before Google started to focus on this uh, search generative AI stuff. So it's not like it's uh, brand new. And it means that we can be ahead of it a little bit. We may not know how it's going to impact algorithms and things like that uh, immediately. I mean, we may not ever know. It's not like Google tells us this is what you can expect from this change. A lot of the times they don't. We just notice it and we name it ourselves. But uh, what's going to be important is being focused on the user, understanding who your users are, getting, uh, being really consumer focused, I think is the future of SEO, um, being flexible and thinking outside of what are those, um, thinking outside of search volume, keywords in general, thinking more topically, thinking more user experience focused, thinking more about conversion rate optimization, thinking about their user experience. Those are the things that are going to really push the efforts. And I think part of what we consider SEO is going to change because it's, it's not going to be as like you've already mentioned, things have already changed so much. Like it's not just like, let's buy some links and put up some content. That's going to be good enough. The content that wins for a lot of markets is the content that is focused on the questions that users are asking and providing uh, them with information about who they're working with, why they should choose them. Uh, what can they depend on them for? All those things, like all those things that, are, that sites are providing more and more often are the ones that are winning. So uh, getting out of the mindset is that it's an input and output type of situation and think of it more as an ongoing conversation with your users and what they're looking for and how you can provide that. Nice. Awesome. Love it. Love it. So valuable. One more secret that I learned on this podcast, you need to be energetic like Amanda, because you can see if you want to be productive, you need to have fun to enjoy the process. If you can't, Oh, find something else. <laughs> you know, Amanda, it's a big pleasure to get in my show, to learn from you. I love it. So valuable. Tell the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, the best place to reach me is at Amanda T. Jordan on Twitter. Um, and I'm also on LinkedIn. You can find me there as well. Um, if you are looking for help with your local SEO, uh, Rickety Rio, we are an agency. We're pretty awesome. I work there, so it has to be awesome. So uh, you can also reach out to us if you're looking for help. And also open to answering questions if anything, anyone has any questions about anything. Just find me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Nice, nice. Awesome. Guys, if you want to reach out to Amanda, please mention that you uh, listen to this episode. Um, follow on Twitter, follow on LinkedIn. I personally follow because I know it's important for me to get something new, something valuable. Amanda knows how to share this value. Okay, thanks again, Amanda. Big pleasure. Love it. So valuable, guys. Thanks for listening and watching us. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.